Now, Macbeth is published tomorrow, so we're very, very lucky to have Joe um, here tonight to talk about this, um, this novel. Now, this is the, the Scottish novel, as opposed to the mm -hmm. Scottish play. Um, it is set in Scotland, and Joe Nesbo, as you know, sets, is Norwegian, sets most of his um, novels in Norway, um, although there's been a bit more of a global approach recently. But um, you have your detective, Harry Hole, and here you've got your detective, basically, Macbeth. Um, this Macbeth is part of a series, it's called the Hogarth Shakespeare series, and we have a lot of well-known novelists novel like you, Margaret Atwood, um, Jeanette Winterson, um, and a whole variety of people who've chosen various Macbeth plays, various Shakespeare plays to retell mm. um, in, in modern form. Now, you chose Macbeth. Why did you choose Macbeth? Um, it was the one Shakespeare play that I, that I really knew. I mean, uh, growing up in, in and going to school in Norway, uh, you are not really exposed to uh, to Shakespeare in school like you are here. Uh, we read Henrik Ibsen, uh, and uh, and so uh, uh, I mean, you do know of course Shakespeare. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, quotes from Hamlet and uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet, but um, I didn't really know much about Shakespeare until I was in my early teens and I uh, I saw the Roman Polanski movie Macbeth uh, which made a big impression so I I went back home uh, my mother was a librarian so um, she had a collection of books uh, of Shakespeare's plays that was um, translated by a, a famous Norwegian uh, writer Andre Bjerke and uh, uh, but for some reason, he had not translated Macbeth, uh, so I, I had to find an English version, and I was, I think, it was thirteen or fourteen or something. I read two pages, and I think I, I maybe understood one one sentence, <laughs> something <laughs> like that, <laughs> and so it was totally incomprehensible. Um, so I had to look um, a little further until I found a Norwegian translation. And I, I still found found it quite difficult, uh, and uh, but it, I think the idea of Macbeth, this character that is uh, your protagonist, that you are sort of manipulated into rooting for at the uh, in the first act and in the first part of the of, of, of the story. I think it was the first time that I was exposed to that kind of hero that you are you realize a little later in the story that you are caught rooting for the wrong side so <laughs> to speak and and but but you are still willing and really trying hard to see the world through his eyes and um, um, so it was in my own writing later it wasn't as if I consciously knew that I'm using the Macbeth character in my character Harry Hole in the um, series of detective novels that I wrote later. Uh, but he is definitely there. So when I was contacted and asked if I would write um, a novel based on a Shakespeare play, actually my first reaction was to say no thank you. I'm flattered. But, uh, uh, and, and the reason is that half the fun of being a writer is of course coming up with the idea for a story, and then 
you know, nurturing that idea and uh, and the excitement when you know that this is there's there's a novel here. Um, but so you have the plot and you have the characters and uh, you have the title you took mm. the title directly yeah um and so w did you feel constrained by that was it difficult to write within those parameters no it, it was actually it was it was closer to writing one of my own stories because i i uh normally i i write a synopsis of 80 or 100 pages and then i I stick to that synopsis when I'm writing uh, the novel. And the only difference here was that this synopsis, and it was a, a quite good synopsis written by you this, mean this, this guy, guy named, Shakespeare, named yeah. William. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> on and, first and we're on first and name so terms, I as you yeah, can tell. And, <laughs> and so it was the same. I mean, it's Shakespeare's shortest play. Uh, Your longest novel, maybe? It's a novel of <laughs> 500, 600 uh, pages. Uh, but actually, I, I, didn't, I thought I would change a few things, but I haven't really. I mean, uh, I've thrown all the beautiful prose and uh, poetry of Shakespeare overboard. Uh, I don't <laughs> think anyone would be interested in reading Nespo trying to be Shakespeare. So, <laughs> um, so I... I wrote it as a um, as a thriller set in the um, set in the 1970s. And but, but interestingly, though, it is it is beautifully written, and it's a really. Uh, um, I mean, I y you have to trust me. I only ever say these things. Nobody pays me to say things. But it's actually it's a really thrilling um, retelling of a story I know very well, and you know very well, and. Um, I think that to see Shakespeare, to, to see Shakespeare in 1970s, Macbeth and Shakespeare in 1970s, northern Scotland, which is where it is, and to see, you know, it's in the 1970s, so it's unemployment, it's, the, it's industry, it's an industrial town you've taken. Everything is grim and grey and dark. It's a perfect setting. Mm. Um, how did you choose the 1970s? I um, mean, you've got the drug wars, of course, so mm. you know, that, that's, a, that's a good plot line. Mm. I think there were two reasons. Uh, Shakespeare, of course, wrote Macbeth uh, taking a story from the past. So the, that was the 11th century, basically, yeah. which mm. and you've, you've gone to the 1970s. So I went to the 1970s because, uh, I mean, most of us nowadays seem to remember the 70s as a time of uh, optimism uh, and uh, great music uh, and uh, material progress. While if you take a closer look at the 70s, it was uh, actually a quite a grim period. It was uh, unemployment, uh, uh, pollution, the Cold War, of course, high crime rates in the big cities. So I wanted... I'm I did some of the names may indicate that the city in the in the novel is uh, is in Scotland uh but actually it's a it's sort of a mix of i think uh, uh, Newcastle in the seventies from uh, get Carter with michael Caine <laughs> um and a little bit of um New York and Hell's Kitchen. From <laughs> uh, from Basketball Diaries by Jim Carroll, and also a little bit of uh, a s uh, Norwegian city Bergen, which is on the west coast of Norway, and which is famous for for uh, for the weather. It's raining all the time, and of course in Macbeth, it's uh, it's a lot of bad weather, mm. um, and um, so it's so it's a 
com it's a, it's a unnamed city, mm. so it's. Uh, Although you did, there are lots of um, lots of Scottish references. I mean, there's the mm. Inverness Casino and mm. and so on, the hotel. So I mean, it definitely feels like Scotland. Um, could be Glasgow. Could too. be Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, it's called Capital. The city's called Capital. I mean, the synopsis is basically. I mean, this may sound quite similar to to Macbeth, strangely, but I mean, the synopsis basically it's 1970s Scotland. Um, it's this northern industrial city there's lots of unemployment um it's a city of drug wars um and unemployment we say it's casinos crime corruption and you've got duncan is the um chief of police and macbeth and banquo are basically officers they are um macbeth is the the head of the swat team um, and Banquo is there, as you know, the two generals in opening of Macbeth itself. They are the two of them are there, and you stick very much to their character lines as well. Mm. Um, Macbeth is a big gi giant of a man. He's a strong man. He's a he's a valiant soldier. He's he's a a good man, but possibly a bit weak. Mm. Um, and then Duncan is this lovely man, all you know, sophisticated, educated, wants to rid the city of crime and corruption. So you have stuck very much to the, the feel of the characters in the original Macbeth. Uh, my experience was that if, if I tried to change anything in the story, in the scale, the structure of the story, it fell apart. Um, my did my you try and I then it didn't I work? I did, I wasn't, I was never, I was always a bit suspicious of the three witches in the story the supernatural <laughs> element of the story it it felt a little bit like you know you had to throw those in to make everything work and i was looking at the possibility of rem removing them because i didn't want a supernatural element but it's it's a reason why it's a masterpiece and 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 you sit there and you try to take something away or change anything in the act structure and you realize really you can't, it's all needed. And um, so what I did was that instead of having the tree, which is being this supernatural element, I made them into, um, because in the, I mean, in, in the play, they are cooking this witch's brew. Um, in, in the novel, they are, um, they are cooking uh, methamphetamine. So and the, the, so brew they are the brew is drugs. The, brew, the brew is drug. <laughs> it, um, wor it works perfectly, though. Mm. And then, then later on, there's a drug called the power. I mean, it's, it's fantastic stuff. I mean, mm. not only have you sort of taken this story pretty literally, you've actually developed it in the most extraordinary and very, very credible way. Um, and th this story of the witches is interesting too, because you know, you're going along and you're thinking, where are they? Where are they? Oh, what are the witches? And then they do come, but they come in a very different form. Um, the three sisters, the three women, the three sisters are there. And you've got the drug kingpin, who is Hecate, he Hecate, I think, I don't know how you say it in mm. Norwegian, but you probably say Hecate. And um, so Hecate is the, is the drug kingpin. So the, 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 person, the, the, the person who runs the witches, if you like, now becomes a drug um, overlord. So it's, it's, it's very, very clever indeed. Um, what, now this is a tragedy. Uh, this mm. is Macbeth is a tragedy. Do you see your novel as a tragedy? I do. Uh, uh, this is, of course, it's a thriller, but it's not a who's done it. There's a we know why. Who. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is a why did he do it or <laughs> they do it. 
but I think it's also at the core of both the play and and uh, the novel. I think it's a great love story. I think that that is uh, sometimes underestimated to what extent it's a truly moving love story. Um, I mean the love between Lady Macbeth or Lady as she's called uh, in the novel because they are not married and Macbeth it's it's true love it's it's sort of a Bonnie and Clyde story that they are um, taking this journey over to the dark side together because they don't really collaborate with anybody else all they need is each each other and uh, and in the in in the novel, uh, at one it seems silly to quote yourself when you're writing I c- <laughs> I <can> <laughs> something <quote> you. <laughs> based on Shakespeare, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's a, 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 a key uh, dialogue in the book is when uh, when uh, Macbeth is saying to to Lady that you are you, you know you are making me going taking a trip to hell, and she's she answers that well wherever you are going I'm going with you, so. They are these bonding and they breathe together. You, you describe very often how they breathe in rhythm. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, th- there's a lot of beautiful writing. I know you're sort of underplaying yourself, but there is a lot of beautiful Joe Nesbo writing as well there, um, and that's something I've always loved about your novels anyway. But the Macbeth and Lady story is a wonderful story, and the great thing about being able to write a novel about those characters and Duff, as he's called. Um, not Macduff, but Duff, um, and Duncan, is that you can really develop the characters, you know, backwards and forwards, and you give a backstory as well to their love story and how they met. You explain how they met. Um, the lady is, um, she's a casino and hotel owner, and uh, she's very beautiful and um, a, a little bit older than Macbeth. I mean, he's in his early 30s, and she's older, and um, and and. You can tell from the beginning, in the same way you can with with Shakespeare, that she's very that she's ruthless and strong. Um, that however much they love each other, she can still manipulate him and, and mm. push him into doing things. And the the scene where um, I mean he gets promoted. I mean it's not giving anything away because you know the story, but um, he gets promoted um, to become police commissioner, and you know why and how they kill Duncan. Um, and that scene, which we all know so well, the murder of Duncan, which is told in your own way, um, this this extremely close couple, and how she makes him do it, is absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's a wonderful scene. And I was, even though I know the outcome, I was really gripped by the writing. Um, did you did you get more and more into this story? Did you did you really understand Macbeth? Do you think? Even more, even however well you know the play, you must have really I delved th- very deeply into this. And I to thi- him, I think. I think that the, the the text is so rich that you could. The, the, there's not one way to understand Macbeth. I think you can. The, the, you, there are so many options. Uh, you know, you can. Um, you could probably give. Um, I think I've given the background I've given for Lady Macbeth is is based really on one sentence in the um, in the play where she is describing how she she would be willing in order to be king or uh, she would be willing to kill her own baby and that is that was for me in that one 
statement was the whole background for uh, a lady in this story. She uh, grew up uh, poor in a family. Uh, she was uh, uh, sexually exploited by her father. She ran away from home, was a young prostitute, and swore that she would survive and that she would become a respectable woman at one time. Uh, she gets pregnant with a, uh, with a customer and she is forced to kill her baby in order to, uh, to uh, 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 achieve her goals. And um, that is, that background is what has made her what she is. She is now a businesswoman running a casino, a stylish casino. Uh, she is having um, uh, political friends and uh, her business is everything. That is, that is how she is going to be a respected woman and maybe a feared woman. Um, and of course, when she sees the opportunity that uh, her young lover, Macbeth, can be chief of police, she sees that as a means to, um, uh, to reach her goals uh, as, a, as a businesswoman. Um, so she is, uh, to me, that background sort of explains how she can be the strong one, the one that pushes Macbeth. But again, um, Macbeth is a bit weaker, but um, in the play it's interesting because when he is approached by the witches in the first act, he is scared. You can see that he's scared when he's presented with a prophecy. And it's only a prophecy that he will be king. It's as if he already knows what is going to happen, that he has it in him, that he can be a murderer, that he is going to kill um, the king or the chief of police that he really respects and that he is ready to serve in order to be king himself. So he is not this innocent man, you know, being manipulated by the strong woman, but he needs her pushing him. Uh, so it's a combination, I think, of him b being, uh, you know, wanting to be a king, personal ambition, but also needing this strong woman to mm. push him uh, off the edge. Mm. And setting the story, as you do, in the 1970s, where you've got all these issues of um, I I political issues, social issues uh, of that period as well, which are, I mean, it is the play that is constantly relevant. Um, and it's obviously relevant in that period that you've chosen as well. Um, because what they're trying to do, I mean, Macbeth and Lady are, she says, we're doing it for the poor people. We're mm. doing it for people like us. Mm. You know, you have to kill Duncan because he's elite and mm. he's an intellectual. Um, and it's basically them against us. Mm. And that, in a way, that's what motivates Macbeth to do what he does. Mm. Um, At least it, it's, I don't know if that's what motivates him, but that's his excuse. That's the rhetorics that they, that they use among themselves to say that we are, we are not the villains here. We are doing the right thing. Mm. And then you've got um, another, uh, another huge and very important area, which you look at madness and mental breakdown um, through Macbeth, but also through Lady as well. I mean, that's very, very strong in, in your novel too. Uh, again, you're following Shakespeare's guidelines there, but looking at this in a very um, intense um, you know, personal writer's way. I mean, how did you, how did you get that deep? Uh, it's very moving yeah. and quite upsetting, actually, mm. a lot of it. Uh, I mean, it's 
it's there in the in the play. It's it's very uh, uh, you know disturbing reading or or, or watching uh, uh, the characters going crazy because you do invest emotionally in these uh, characters. Um, so it's um, uh, uh, what can I say? It's 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 more gut feeling. It's it's the it's it's both the most unpleasant and most challenging part of writing is making whether it's in in Macbeth or it's the Harry Hole series is when you are breaking them down that you are sort of torturing your own characters and you are going uh, through what they are going uh, through because you have whether it's a whether it's the protagonist or antagonist as a writer, you have to work a little like an actor. You have to try to uh, feel what they feel and find what um, uh, whether it's a so whether it's a sociopath uh, or it's uh, someone crazily in love. You have to find that inside yourself and uh, and uh, and use that. So uh, what can I say? It's uh, it's maybe a, a little bit of my own. It's not like I think I'm going to be mad one day, but uh, I've seen people, you know, slipping into insanity, and it seems like a very lonely and scary place. So I think that is also fuel for uh, for the w way you write about uh, write about it. And of it. course, some drugs play a huge role yeah, in that. That's um, uh, and and for Macbeth, who is, as you portray him, a very weak character who um, had a very difficult past and he comes um, he, he returns to that past again he sort of becomes that person again and mm. you can see his breakdown and, and hers too um, and again you don't deviate from the story so we know what we know what happens it's such a great pity in the end that they both die because I could have seen this as a, as a great series that you could have <laughs> you could have continued the detective Macbeth it would have been wonderful but um, you know your novels are very well known for being uh, for portraying and depicting violence and um, you know, bloodthirsty, violent characters extremely well. And it's one, of one reason I sometimes find them difficult to read. Mm. Um, but, and here you've certainly, with this play, you've certainly got enough um, violence and bloodthirsty characters. You must have been quite pleased about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, actually it's, 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 it's not Shakespeare's bloodiest well it's that's uh, is that Corylanus, I think or I think the body count is, is higher in both King Lear and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well you, and can do that, you can do that next but but yeah I, I, I think I, uh, I was drawn drawn to the play because of uh, of the violence and because of um, you know the idea what that is it that draws you to violence I think it's um, I'm fascinated with the character's fascination for violence as much as I'm also curious about uh, the violence. I, uh, I mean, I, I remember when, when I was a kid uh, in school, there was this boy um, sitting by the window and he would catch flies in the windowsill and then he would use a tweezer and pick off the legs of the fly and put it down and see and if it could move, take off one wing, see if it could fly and catch it again. And I was looking at him and I realized that why do you bring a tweezer to school? 
and and I was so I was, I was fascinated with that. You know, who is this guy? On the other hand, there's another part of me that is also curious about. But will the fly fly without one wing? Mm. <laughs> so I have a little of uh, both. Mm. Um, so but by, by the way, the guy, he, he is now seemingly a, a happily father of three in a happy <laughs> marriage. <laughs> yeah. So th yeah. there's always a happy ending, <laughs> <laughs> but not really. Not really. Th this, this is one. what we know about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Read the next book. Yeah. Um, the other thing which is uh, very strong here and again in the Macbeth plays is, is atmosphere, environment, location and how they also um, impact on people and character as well. And you write every single chapter normally you start with some sort of description of the weather and of rain and, and so on too. And you really do get a feeling that the, whether it's the moorland or whatever that it does have an impact on people. Um, and the industry, the industrial landscape too, that you described. Do, do you feel that is an important element of any story? Yeah, I think that sense of time and place is uh, is important, uh, and especially here because it's this unnamed city. So you have to sort of, I mean, if you, if you're right, he was walking down Fifth Avenue on 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 Manhattan. You don't have to describe as much because you are pretty sure that people know that place. Uh, uh, here I have to sort of create the universe um, us using things that are known. It's set in the 70s. You know, it's an uh, uh, industrialized city. So you do get some ideas. But uh, uh, I don't refer to an actual place. So I have to build that, that universe. And I also build it in a way that it's it could be a factual place, but it's also it's inside m by the by a fjord inside some mountains, and it's always raining there, mm -hmm. and it's very polluted. But then, if you drive through one of the tunnels and you get out on the other side, it's it's always sunny. Mm -hmm. So it's like this dream-like landscape in one way. Or nightmare landscape. Yeah, right, exactly. It's daytime and, uh, and nighttime. Mm. Uh, so, it's, uh, so it could be a real place, but it's slightly unreal at the same mm. time. It's a little bit like Sin City, um, uh, the Frank Miller um, movie and, uh, and, and graphic novels. Mm. Um, Macbeth is being performed at the moment. It's in, in repertoire here at the National Theatre at the moment, which is why we've, we've also invited you. Um, and that play is, um, the way that has been directed is as a dystopia, um, a completely black and blood-drenched dystopia, which you can imagine as well. I mean, that's, um, everybody has their interpretation of Macbeth. But um, I mean, this, in a way, has stuck close more closely to the, to the play than I would have expected. And I'm really you know, I'm delighted by that. How have you um, enjoyed, or what have you what have you learned from your collaboration with Shakespeare? Would you do it again? Was it intimidating? Was it inspiring? I'm, um, it wasn't intimidating because I, I, I never saw Macbeth as the perfect story, um, and maybe. What do you mean that a story to be to be improved or? I I thought I I actually I have to admit I thought I could improve it. I <laughs> I couldn't, um, so I ended up sticking to the story um, as it is. But I 
I mean, it's um, you don't get fascinated by perfect stories. I think yeah. it's it's. Yeah. I, I think it's one of the reasons why we keep going back to Macbeth is that there's always that element that you can't really sort out. There's a you always leave the story with questions that you won't answer because there's a. Inside the story, there's this this beauty. This uh, it's uh, I mean it's uh, it's awful, but at the same time, there's this beauty and this feeling that there's something profoundly true in that mm-hmm. story. But to put your finger on it is is uh, difficult, and uh, I, I I guess that is the reason why I wanted to. Uh, to see what I could do with the story and see if it meant anything different to me uh, after having worked on it. What I I ended up realizing is that uh, there is not one Macbeth story. There, There are so many options, so many possibilities in the story that you could write a hundred different stories based on that one short, uh, short story. And the other thing I learned is that uh, William Shakespeare is, uh, was quite good at what he was doing. <laughs> and we have to end it there, unfortunately, but um, I want you to please uh, thank uh, Joe Nesvo so much for talking to us. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you to everyone at the National Theatre. Thank you to all of you for um, watching online as well. And do join Joe later in the bookshop for signing the books. And just to tell you, this is a really masterful retelling of Macbeth. It's a wonderful book. It's morally complex and quite brilliant. So thank you personally to you for a wonderful thank book. You. Thank you, Joe Nesbo. Thank you. Thank you.